Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game show about video games. <laughs> Uh, it's a thing. Now. It's a thing now. It's a thing. It's a thing now. Yeah. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Brandon. Hello, the most glorious ginger that, is what we call him. That's me in the bed. Yeah. I received that from a from a waitress at a dive bar, yeah. and it will forever be the moniker that yeah. I go by. You've been going by that for a long time. Yeah, probably close to ten years now. Honestly. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. I've had many nicknames over the years. None of them have sticked, and I'm glad that this one has stayed around. So, yeah. And when you think about it, like nobody can prove you're not the most glorious ginger because I am. because they haven't seen all yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean, I just and you're certainly the most glorious one they've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's undeniable. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no. There's definitely been some weird nicknames. Every time I hang out with my brother's friends, like in Discord or something, yeah, they call him like Duncan and stuff, and it's so weird hearing that because none of my friends called me what they call him, right? Even though we have the same last name, yeah, it's very strange. It's uh, very strange. If you want to even stranger, my nickname growing up uh, was Dennis. Dennis, and nobody really calls me that too much anymore. Very occasionally, my brother-in-law, who I've known for 25 years, will call me Dennis, but but not often. But I was uh, my buddy that I was really good friends with in, in high school and through college. I see him like he comes to like the kids' birthday parties and sure. my nephew's birthday party. My, I mean, my nephew and nieces and that kind of stuff. So I, we see each other like probably four or five times a year. And he still always calls me Dennis. <laughs> and it's so weird because like people will just look at me like, who the fuck is Dennis? What are they talk? What's he talking about? You are about? the great Dennis. Yeah, it's true. Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. That's right, buddy. Also with us here is Dave. I can't remember what your nickname is. Lambda the Canadian. Yeah. Hello. Davey Gravy. Come on, buddy. Well, I mean, that's what we call him. That's not his actual it's like meat pockets or something, right? <laughs> meat sack long, Dave. Long, meat sack, good old meat sack Dave. Long crack Zach or something I'm, like that. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm grumpy Dave tonight. I got Oh no. Why are you grumpy, Dave? <sighs> so um I think I told you guys a few weeks ago I started to uh I started a new hobby. You know, I've I've dropped meth, so I had to pick up something new. Right, you have yeah. to um, nowadays. So I started uh, collecting um, sports cards. Yes, I've, I've yeah. gotten into hockey mostly and mm-hmm. some baseball. Um, so now that I've like gotten some stuff, I've been trying to you know see what what selling them would be like. So um, a little website called eBay, yeah, still exists. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems to be the place to be 
for selling uh, sports memorabilia and, and, and cards and stuff. So just before we came on the show, uh, I was on with our customer service trying to get this issue resolved where like I have this hold on my account where I can't bid on anything and I can't list anything for sale. Okay. And I get that there's probably like tons of bots out there. Right. That are like selling fake stuff or placing bids um, that aren't real and stuff like that. So I get it. So, sure. you know, the first time I tried to place a bid, I, I got this thing that said there's a temporary hold on your account and you have to buy some stuff using buy it now to, to kind of build a, a history. So no, wait, okay. I want to, I want to clarify real quick. Yeah. This is your first like eBay account. Yeah. Yeah. What? The one and only. I've had um, eBay since 1997. I did too. And I've, I've used it a couple times like okay. years ago, yeah. but uh, I guess not enough, but I, so I've, I've purchased like four items now, like yeah. recently. So I thought, okay, that's, that's gotta be enough. So I went and I placed a bid and it didn't work. And uh, earlier this evening, before we came on, I tried to, to list something and same thing. Couldn't, couldn't list anything for sale. So I got in touch with them and, and I just kind of explained and they were like, you need to, to establish a good purchasing history. And I'm like, okay, so I, I bought four items now and I've spent about this much money. Can you give me an idea of, of how much more I need to buy in order to, to get this hold lifted? And, and they were like, it isn't a matter of items purchased or amounts spent. It's just establishing a good purchase history. So I'm like, you understand how, how that's a bit vague, right? And I'm like, do I just need time to pass? And then it'll it'll go. And, and then they were like, it's not a matter of time. So I'm like, so it's not items purchased. It's not amounts spent. It's not the amount of time that's passed since I've made my first purchase what do I do? And they just, they literally had no answer. What? So I'm a little, I'm a little annoyed. Um, and it, they kind of just left off with just buy more. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's going to be something that comes along that, you know, I want to buy with the buy it now option, but right. it's like, there's no guarantee that that's the one that's going to get me that good purchase history. So it's just really vague and it yeah. probably is a combination of those things of amount spent, time spent between them, uh, that you haven't pulled any stunts, you know, or whatever. But just it just it's unfathomable to me that you've had this account for a while and they don't consider that as part of the background as well. Yeah, I don't and I wasn't expecting them to just lift the hold for me, but I, I was at least expecting a little bit more direction on what I need to do. Um so yeah, it was a little frustrating. Um, I suspect if they told you that would also give the bots an idea of how they need to manipulate things in order to get a good purchase history. But still, it's, I understand it's frustrating for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fucked, man. Because if they were like, you need to spend at least $10 over one month on five separate purchases, then you could easily just program a bot to do that. But still, come on. Or yeah, if they were like, you know, generally speaking, after you've made like a handful of purchases and you've gotten good reviews from sellers, then that's generally when the hold goes away. But the, there was nothing like it was just so, ugh, I don't know. But if anybody's listening and sad experience with this and can share some, uh, some sanity with me, I'd appreciate it. But yeah, that's where I'm at now. So. so about half the time I have a question about something on the internet, I just search my exact question and then the word Reddit afterwards. Have yeah. you tried that? Yeah. Oh, I, I started doing that too. And I, I have ser I searched that before um, 
before I actually contact a customer service. Also, shout out to live chat. I love live chat. Yes, it's so easy. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I wasn't able to find anything kind of yeah. concrete. I'm going to try it again. And uh, dead friend of the show, Phil, I know he has experience with this stuff. So, Oh, dude, he is the mecca, I yeah, think. Phil, yeah. though, has probably spent our collective salaries each year on eBay, though, just buying trading cards. So Yeah, he's a madman. He probably doesn't have that restriction. Yeah, he's no, probably like maybe a, maybe he's faced that restriction at some point in perhaps, time. Or, yeah. Phil's just uh, like, hold up, I got a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he calls like the CEO of eBay. He's like, you gotta help Dave out. <laughs> the other day, so I bought the collector's edition of God of War Ragnarok, but then I also bought the game. And or no, I bought the the um like the big one, the Jotnar. Yes, the hammer edition. The hammer edition. I think they both had a hammer. I don't know. Did they? Whatever. I bought the bigger one and I was going to sell the code because I already have have it. I bought yeah. it physically. I wanted it physically as well. Sure. So I was going to sell it and I went on Mercari and was going to sell it. And normally I see, I, I've bought digital codes on there. I see digital codes listed all the time. Yeah. And the way people get around it is by saying like, you're buying the card. There is a code on it, right. but you're buying the card <laughs> buying because they don't want paper. you to just sell codes and stuff on there. And I right. get it because that's one of the most exploitable things for scammers and everything. And for people like buyers who to get scammed. Yeah. To, yeah it's one way to, it's a good way to get scammed and a good way to scam. But, uh, so I just went on and found another listing that had sold in the last 24 hours and basically copied their verbiage. And there were tons of other listings for the same thing. And I've sold stuff on Mercari before, but I put it up and within like half an hour, I got a thing that took it down. It was like, you can't sell codes basically. And I was like, Damn. but I'm not. And this other thing sold right. and there's a bunch of other stuff listed. You didn't take any of that down. Right. That's weird. But I got, man. I probably just like had the, there's probably a threshold of like how many things you have to sell before you just don't like trigger something anymore. Like there's probably like, if you're somebody who sells, who's sold like their first 10 things, you know, it throws up a flag and then they randomly check that listing or something, but by a real human, I don't know. Yeah. But like between that and eBay, it's like, how the fuck do you get started then? You know what I mean? Like, well, like between buying and selling, like I get it. But like, if you have no history essentially, which is kind of what Dave is talking about, like, I, Here's the way you do that... it. You go back to when you were in fifth grade and you start selling things for old people at your church <laughs> right. on eBay and taking That's a percentage of them. That's, That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, yeah, I'll remember that. For I think past time. that, though, you're pretty much okay. boned. It's yeah. like it's like trying to get an entry level job that wants 10 years of experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> it's like must have bachelors. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Must have bachelor. They're like, this job is meant for a 16-year-old. You're like, oh, well, I'm good. I'm 20. Sorry, you're not old enough. <laughs> it's literally, yeah. Did yeah. you ever see that one where the guy, um, he posted like a meme and it was a job posting and it was like, you need eight plus years experience with this piece of software. And the guy who posted, who was like, that's going to be difficult because I only invented the software three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah, like, that's not surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy, dude. Boys, let's talk about some video games. I guess since that's what the show's supposed to be about. It takes two, Brandon. Yes, one of your favorite topics. Oh yeah, it takes two has sold over ten million copies. Yes, potentially twice as many people have played the game. If you think about it, because yeah. I mean, we know not actually twice as many people, but did Game Pass? No, I'm saying because. 
you can oh, play it with two people with yes, one, yes, one license. Yes, yes, yes. So definitely more than 10 million people have experienced It Takes Two. Brandon, tell me about your joy at hearing that. That's including Game Pass, probably? Uh, they Here's what they said. Our minds are officially blown. It Takes Two has sold over 10 million. So whether they're counting... They're like because some deals with Game Pass at one point I know were like get paid per download, and some deals weren't. They were just like sold, here, base okay. price. So they say sold. So I'm doubting that okay. that means have played. No, that's fantastic. Um, this studio is incredibly talented. Um, what was the other one? A way out. A way had, out had yeah. incredible potential. Was a very interesting idea, and they took it through the fucking ceiling. Yeah. Um, in the cutest and most wholesome and uh, creative um, way, and it takes two. And uh, I said it once. I'll say it again. There should be more co-op games exactly like it takes two. Um, it's a co-op game for the sake of being a co-op game and not some tacked-on addition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that because it plays in such a interesting and fun way for both people. It doesn't feel like either person is missing out. Um, I can't tell you how many Nintendo games specifically I've felt such, you know, player two, they get some, they get to do something super shitty and that's, and and that's not fun. Float around in the bubble behind Mario. (laughs) And that's not fun. Um, And so, you know, having things be not only as important as player one, but you know, changing between the two sometimes the thing that player two is doing is just as crucial if not more crucial than player one and that's just a a cool uh vibe to have especially because most co-op games are not like that so dave valentine's day is coming up and uh do you think that asking someone will you be my player two is a good uh pickup line big time yeah, that's a good one. Especially <laughs> if you're playing a way out. Um, that's yeah. the most romantic way to spend uh, Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. But yep. yeah, sure. Hayes Light is... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next. I feel like they've done for Couch Co-op what From Software did for Hardcore Games. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I wonder if they're ever going to try something single player or you know maybe not co-op. They, they've kind of... Um, made that reputation for themselves as the co-op kings. Um, sure. So I'm sure that's what people are expecting out of them. And, and I like that they've done it in a variety of different sort of themes because you did, you had uh, It Takes Two, which was, you know, it had some really serious subject matter, but it was a pretty cutesy and fun tone. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Brothers, but that also had some serious tone to it. And then you had A Way Out, which was, you know, prison break kind of thing. So right. Um, you know, whichever way they go, I think people are going to be excited with what they have. Uh, but it, it would be cool to see what they could do with something that wasn't maybe so co-op focused. But in any case, um, I don't think they have another game announced yet. I don't think they've announced anything. No. Yeah, I feel like they're due. Maybe Summer Games Fest or something will will uh, will get something announced. But yeah. uh, in any case, it's it's great to see games like this do well um because you know we talk a lot about grand theft auto and and fifa and and call of duty dominating sales charts so right. always good to see a new ip with a creative take on on uh, co-op uh you would imagine too that after this game kind of blew up a little bit you know they they probably they certainly had a budget especially since they were working with ea but after this game blew up a little bit i would imagine they were like whatever project they were working on next they were like oh we can make this better than we were making it already Spend yeah. more time on it, and they get that freedom my... to take those risks too, and yeah. and uh, really go crazy. Maybe we'll get a uh, it takes two MMO or something oh, like that. Yeah, would, would play. <laughs> Brandon, my favorite part of of a way out 
uh, where you're doing the prison break thing is where uh, you have to remove the prison shivs from each other's rectums. <laughs> sure. That was my favorite sure. part I, of the game. I was going to say, you know, like, what's that, uh, that like checkers game where you put the, put the thing connect for? I was going to yeah. say that that was my favorite part, but <laughs> that's the, che- the checkers out of your asshole. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to say the connect for mini game. Um, but the Shiv asshole compilation was yeah, definitely pretty, yeah. pretty close second. Um, no, this is fantastic. I, I love that even after everything at the game awards, mm-hmm. even after the fuck the Oscars, this somehow just managed to propel this lovely man and, and his studio <laughs> just into the stratosphere. Yeah. And I love that it wasn't the end of a very clearly talented studio. Um, and how they've kind of uh, poked fun at it over the years. And he's had a good showing. I think he's been at the Game Awards every single year since then. Yes, he has. Um, has. Well, speaking of very talented studios, I want to talk a little bit about Insomniac. And this comes from uh, VGC Video Games Chronicle. It says, Insomniac's Wolverine game is reportedly targeting a mature rating, which that's not terribly surprising, but it's nice to hear. Quote, hard R is what they're going for. You got to be careful. Seriously, you got to oh be careful when you talk God. about the hard R. Who said that? Jeff Grubb, of course. Jesus. I think an M-rated Wolverine could work. I think an M-rated superhero game could work, and this is probably the right character. He later added, "They will also avoid having any links or anything that evokes the Fox movies. They want it to stand on its own." I was trying to nail down the settings, and I've heard it will start before he joins the X-Men, which also makes sense for a Wolverine game. Maybe the surprising thing for me is I've heard two different dates. I've heard as early as fall 2024, which would be wild. Insomniac is putting out Spider-Man 2 this fall. I've also heard internally that they're still very much talking about 2025. So let's not be surprised if that's what ha- what's happens. Uh, but I mean, Insomniac, they're known for like their quick releases. Yeah, which is and to such quality, too. Yes. I mean, yeah. they don't launch broken either, at least that I can remember. No, I mean, Spider-Man Miles Morales had some bugs in it where like, you know, you could be swinging on something and it ended up being a lamppost and sure. like or Spider-Man was a lamppost or right. I guess Miles was, you know, I guess he's Spider-Man. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm pretty excited for it. Dave, I know that you just recently went back and played an Insomniac game. You played Miles Morales and you were not impressed. Or wait, you you did like the game, but you didn't like the length of it. You got it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's it, my first thought is, OK, Spider-Man 2 is still slated for this year. So, yeah, 2025 for Wolverine. But um, I guess we just got to remind ourselves that uh, Insomniac did Miles Morales, Rift Apart and Spider-Man 2 will be within three, four years. Yeah. So Crazy. to think that they could release Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine within you know, maybe a year, year and a half of each other is, and this is probably what Sony needs right now. Mm -hmm. um, Because I don't know that there's much on the horizon after Spider-Man two. So maybe we get a 2024 in any case that, that hard R rating. um, (laughs) I think I have tons of black friends, by the way, Um, I think is just perfect for, um, you know, our, our tonally angry, canadian uh marvel superheroes so sure. if they did anything other than than um you know 100 percent gore and graphic and stuff like that then um i think people would be scratching their heads about this one but no this is like this putting is, out a t for teen deadpool game it wouldn't make sense yeah i just yes exactly not good yeah. and it doesn't need to be like disgustingly like it doesn't need to be doom levels of gore or anything it just needs to be like 
I don't know. Just not it, it. I don't want it to hold back because of a rating. That's sure. right. Dude, I'm imagining like Ghost of Tsushima type gore, like, you know, just enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just that'd enough. be that'd be perfect. Just enough. Nothing crazy. But violent as it should be. Yeah, I think Insomniac having two studios is I mean, lots of people have multiple teams. I think they're fully separated though. Is like, it in location and everything? This will be their first mature title in a while? Ever? Um, because Spider Man, you literally just beat the shit out of people. Uh, I'm sure Spider Man Clank, you literally just beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Like, yeah, neither one of is those there were blood in any of those games? I don't think. Um, no, probably not. So this is cool. I'm excited to see what they do because yeah. obviously they have completely finessed Spider Man um beloved in yeah. many ways uh from the get it's made everything else spider-man seems super shitty by any comparison whatsoever right um so you know not that that's exactly translatable i mean it's it's kind of apples and oranges but sure. it kind of makes me hopeful um that they're going to be able to do something good here I'm there, is, there is a sure. there is a game called edge of nowhere that they did for Oculus that had an M rating. Okay. Okay. So, so not many. Yeah. And a VR game at that. So yeah. Definitely. Especially for such a for a studio that does so many games. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Speaking of Sony, let's talk about the PS5 beta. Ooh. The PS5 beta is supposed to introduce Discord voice chats, VRR support for 1440 specifically. And more. This comes from the PlayStation blog. It says I got to read through all the bullshit here. Uh, we're also introducing a variety of UX accessibility and social feature enhancements that make playing with your friends or enjoying your gaming experiences on the PS5 console easier than ever. Invited beta participants from the US, Canada, Japan, UK, Germany, and France will receive an email with instructions on how to download the beta. Uh, here are the features, the social features. You can join a Discord, Discord voice chat on your console. Oh, so you don't have to use your oh phone. Oh, God. Now, Brandon, Finally. I think they did this specifically to spite you because you just got a PS uh, a PC, and you know you can now use Discord, but you're not really playing your PlayStation as much. I'm not even mad though because <laughs> it's been so long. I cannot tell you how annoying it's been over the years to fucking pop an earbud in. It gets fatiguing. Yeah. My ear hurts. I have two fucking headphones on at once on one side. Right. Um. And this is just past due. And thank God it's not some jank integration like the Xbox stuff where you got to go through your phone. Full integration is what we want, and I love to see it. I hope it goes well. I hope it goes very well. Yeah. Dave, this one's for you because you play with other people so often. Uh, you can not only you can start a request to share screen from your friend's profile, which I think there's some iteration of that before, but this will apparently be different. Uh, there's a join game icon in the party chat. There you go. So you can just hop right in whenever you're chatting with your, all your buddies that you play with. And then there's also a friends who play tile, uh, which they have that now when you look at like the tile screen. But I think this is going to be a little more in depth. Sorry, we ate Chipotle before and I'm like holding back a belt right now. <laughs> it's rough. And then um, you can also manually upload game captures to the PlayStation app. Uh, they're going to have variable refresh rate support for 1440, which is great for certain monitors, of course. They will enhance the way the game library looks so you can sort it and everything easier. Of course, they'll have a lot of uh, new stuff on that as far as PSVR 2 since it launches later this month. You can save game presets for multiplayer sessions. And then, of course, a bunch of different accessibility features 
save data migration, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, this is a nice one. PS5 to PS5 data transfer. How about so that? if you uh, have multiple PS5s, you know, yeah. you can yeah, switch over everything. Common problem. Wireless device update for DualSense wireless controller, which uh, Dude, before you good. had the yeah you had to this update it good. manually with a cord. Yeah. This, so uh, that's cool. Makes me wonder why they didn't do that from the start, but they ran out of time. Yeah, that's the reason. Yeah. Most of them. Don't I mean, it's been years, but yeah. Dave, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it's> been... <laughs> Dave, lots of updates coming here. Which one are you most excited about, or are you excited at all? Do you care? The wire. So, if I'm understanding correctly, I, uh, uh sorry, I'll, I'll never forget um, when a friend of mine got his PlayStation Five, or he was just about to get one. I took a picture of a screen I had when I turned on my PlayStation Five that said "Plug in your controller so it can update." And I took a picture of that and sent it to him. And I said, welcome to the next generation where your controller needs updates. So what you're <laughs> telling me is I no longer need to plug in my controller. Correct. Correct. That's what I'm most excited Let's about. Because I I have so many, like most people have so many cables and stuff lying around my house. And the only cable I think I use right now that's USB-C to USB-C is that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sorry, it's it's for that purpose. So the fact that I don't have to go and fish that thing out of this stupid because the less you use a cable the the further it sinks down into your cable drawer which is right beside me here right um so yeah not having to fish out that stupid thing is pretty exciting but um yeah i i guess the, the other thing i'm most excited for is like you know when i'm when i'm playing online with friends like seven nights a week um <laughs> when i play a new game it's always that question of do we use game chat or party chat and yeah. i i hope this is going to make that a non-question anymore where it's just like we're just using Discord. I know when I've played with you guys in the past, I can totally empathize with you, um, Brandon, having like I'll have these PlayStation headphones on and that stupid like earbud in my ear and yeah. just not comfy. So no. if if those days are behind us, then I'm happy about that. Um, no surprises there. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is good stuff. I hope the beta works out well. Are you guys going to be in that? Like, did you get any invites? Or? No, I never no. sign up for them. I never do. Yeah, I just don't want it to. You, you really never know. I know this was a thing in the past, but some of the betas can fucking practically break your shit. I've known way back in the PS4 days. And so ever since then, I really kind of have been hesitant uh, just to have to go through the whole process of rolling back updates and shit. I don't want to deal with it. So uh, I just kind of am going to wait, bide my time until it's ready for the public. The interesting thing to me will be now that Xbox and of course, most people on PC and then now there'll be PlayStation will have it just hopefully very easy to hop into a voice chat on Discord. I wonder a couple things. One, what will this do for Discord as a company? Will it hurt their resources or help them? And then, well, you know, will more people start using it and paying money, all that kind of stuff. And then the second thing that was actually what I was thinking originally when I said this was we already know that many people use game chat and that's a resource that developers have to get a plug in or invest in in some way. And are we going to see like a decrease in people using game chat? Therefore, game chat gets even shittier than it already is. Dude, to be fair, game chat is criminally shitty. Yeah, on most games to begin with. And that's part of the, I think, the logic to kind of move to these other things. I mean, for God's sakes, even the party chats end up being higher voice quality than um, 90% of the game chats that I've used. But um, 
to kind of piggyback off that exact same question, Ben, something I'm curious of is, will there be push to talk functionality? Because the thing I love about my PC is I can still push to talk in game chat that should talk on Call of Duty when I die or I kill someone. Yeah. Um, but I don't see why there wouldn't be. Is it going to be like, you know, because you join a PlayStation party, you are cut off, literally cut off from game chat. You literally cannot use it. True. So I'm wondering how that's going to work on PlayStation. Um, I'm sure someone in the Discord who has used the Xbox feature would know. And now, okay. not to say they're going to be identical. Right. But you imagine that the developers probably at, at Discord were mostly involved in making the yeah. app for PlayStation. So I'm just curious. Let me know. I wonder how much, like, obviously, I, I don't know the finite details to the Xbox version. I don't know why a phone is required. That seems very strange. It, I don't me. think it is anymore. It's not. Okay. No, that was in the beta, I think. Uh, I, I could okay. be wrong about that, but. Okay. Yeah, I'm just glad to see it. In a maybe a lot less uh, gamer words you'll yeah. hear. Maybe, dude. But I mean, like you know, people are like screaming because they wanna they wanna say the n word at somebody, but they're in a Discord call. <laughs> Seriously, that'd be a good thing. Yeah, a good problem to have. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's good, and I think it's just another step forward for better crossplay. Absolutely. Because I'm just I'm just over the point of why can't I play this game with other people? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like right now, anymore. like we've been playing a fair amount of Deep Rock Galactic. And Dave is one of the first, I think the first time I ever played Deep Rock was with Dave and he plays Deep Rock still. And I'm like, I can't play with you. Yeah. Why not? It's actually bullshit. But yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's nothing against Deep Rock. I know that's it's a, a small that's a studio. Like I get yeah. it. But, but that, yeah, that's, still, yeah, exactly. Okay. Speaking of small studios, well, I don't know about small studios, but Rock Paper Shotgun reports that Back for Blood will not get new content as its developers focus on making their next game. Last December's third expansion, <laughs> expansion was its last. Uh, developers Turtle Rock say that River of Blood, the expansion that launched in December of 22, was its last as they are now working on a new game. The phase of our war against the Ridden now comes to a close. Turtle Rock Studios is actually pretty small for a studio making AAA games. We don't have quite enough folks to continue working on Back for Blood content while we spin up another game. Yes, another game. Given this, it's time for us to put our heads down, get back in the lab, and get to work on the next big thing. While updates are coming to an end, Back for Blood servers will remain online, and the game will continue to operate, says the post. Did either of you play Back for Blood with me? I played for a single night, and it was awful. Yeah. So. I played for two single nights, and uh, yeah, I'm with you. Dude, I'm, the NPC just wasn't helping me. I swear to God, he let me fucking die. He just stood there and he did nothing to save my life. That <laughs> I, I was pissed off. I I never played the game again. I this is what I said from the very beginning that I was excited for a new game from the people who made amazing games before. Sure, right? sure. And they also made shitty games. But. They also made shitty games. Yeah. And then the game came out in beta and I was like, you know what? I don't have as high expectations for this, but this is going to be a fun game because it's on Game Pass and I can play it for free. Right. And then it was. I played it for like a couple weeks, maybe over a, you know, a few different nights. And then I was good. There's a lot of people who loved it and are still playing it. And there's people who obviously didn't play it. If there was more people playing it, they'd be doing more development on it, obviously. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really care one way or another. This game came out. It did what it did. It ran its course. And now it's gone. I was excited for this game. Yeah. I was actually excited. And I don't know what is wrong with Turtle Rock, right? Yeah, Turtle Rock. They made Evolve too. Yeah. Right? I think. I'm pretty sure they did. They tanked that game too. Did they really? 
it got taken off quickly. Yeah, that game's no longer up anymore either. I mean, both of these games had small, devoted fan bases. Yeah, you're sorts. right about Evolve, by the way. But like, dude, what is wrong with this studio? Well, okay, so I think the only games they've made are Left for Dead, Evolve, and Back for Blood. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Two of your three have tanked within a year or two max. It's not good. It's not looking good, man. Yeah. I think they they made their money on Back for Blood just because of game the game pass deal they struck. For well, sure. I would imagine, but yeah. they they took a huge hit. Evolve was like a big thing. In yes, the it was. They yeah. wanted that to be so big, and I feel like it had some potential. Just like Back for Blood had potential, they just sure. cannot follow so, through. See, it's it's kind of poetic that we started the show talking about Haze Light because I mean that's an interesting comparison. Is they also have three games, and they kind of established a pretty proven formula and just made it better and better. I think the mistake that Turtle Rock made is, you know, they tried something really ambitious with Evolve with asymmetric uh, co-op and it just didn't fly. It wasn't balanced. People didn't like it. Um, So, I mean, you know, there's always a risk with being a little bit too ambitious. And then I think with Back for Blood, they just tried to go way back to the basics and I remember before that game came out and everybody was kind of pumping it up like, we're going to get Left for Dead again. It's going to be that same experience. And it just did nothing to kind of restore that fizz to people. So, yeah, I mean, it's, as I said, an interesting comparison. And I think, you know, it's 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 easy to get a little bit too ambitious with these things. And, you know, maybe with Back for Blood, they just played it a little bit too safe. And I mean, this... Back for Blood's failure is partially why I think a lot of people are excited for um, Redfall. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be that same Back for Blood experience, but people are kind of looking at it, you know, from a thematic standpoint and obviously the co-op gameplay and hoping that it's going to give them what Back for Blood wanted. But it's really too bad because I, I can't really see um, any publisher having too much faith in Turtle Rock because this is just Brandon. They've just kind of, yeah, they aren't mm-hmm. the, the same. Yeah. And I'm going to say it. I don't mind cards as a game mechanic, but it yeah. was fucking bad. It yeah. was bad. It wasn't executed well. They did not do it well. Right. And that was most of the game. I mean, that was like a core gameplay mechanic. It was weird. It was just weird. So I will say that, yeah, when cards are done well, I think they add a lot to the experience. But the way that those cards were done, and I, I just felt like Back for Blood, I felt like it promised more progression, for right. lack of a better word, than right. it really delivered. It felt like you could be totally maxed out on everything within like a couple hours of playing. And granted, you want to have the best stuff, but right. I don't want to only have the best stuff and never have to. Like, just don't give me any upgrade path then. Right. If you're going to make it so easy to right. progress. So I don't know. Yeah, definitely strange, man. I'll be on the lookout for whatever they put out next. Uh, I don't watch it fall, but I want them to do good. But it's just bad. It's yeah. just real bad. man. Did, are they owned by anybody? Are, Rock? are they owned by like a massive am i thinking of something else didn't somebody gobble them up embracer or something i'm sure uh i think tencent that's uh, okay yeah yeah that made that was it yeah i think tencent yep owns them i I i'm want, trying to look right now it's just speculation i i wonder if they decided they were done sure or if tencent decided they were done Honestly, curious. Tencent probably doesn't give a shit about a small studio. I mean, they're not small, but a small studio like this. Yeah, yeah you're right. It's Tencent. Is it Tencent? Okay. Yeah. That's what I they thought. They bought them in 2021. So probably, I mean, after this was in development for sure. Uh, their parent company is Valve? What? Interesting. 
does that work? I don't know. doesn't matter. You know what does matter? Judas. Ooh. But not the best news for Judas fans. Or I guess nobody's a Judas fan. For fans of Ken Levine. <laughs> uh, I like the trailer. I don't know. I mean, it's not out yet, so we don't know if we're fans of it yet or not. But. According to IGN, after years apparently in development, of, in development hell, Ghost Story Games appears to finally be ready to show us more of its mysterious FPS Judas. We got our first real look at the next game from Bioshock creator Ken Levine at the Game Awards last December. And according to Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick, we'll get to actually play it ourselves sometime before the end of March of 2025. Jesus. This comes from Take-Two's quarterly earnings report, which outlines that it has 87 total games planned for release between fiscal 2023 and fiscal 2025. Uh, so that'd be between right now and the end of March 2025. Speaking to IGN ahead of the earnings release, I asked, this is Rebecca Valentine, I asked Zelnick if Judas was included in that 87 number, and he said yes. That said, delays happen all the time. 2025 is far away, and delays have been especially prevalent across AAA game development in recent years. Followed up if he anticipated significant delays to impact the promise of 87 games. And while he acknowledged some delays were always possible, he seemed confident in the plan Take-Two was putting out to investors. So realistically, uh, they didn't say specifically Judas will come out by the end of March of 2025. He just said, here's the plan for the next two years and Judas will be out sometime during that. So it could be the end of this year. Right. It could be another year and a half or almost, I guess two years at this point. Dave, Talk to me about, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Talk to me about Judas and Ghost Story Games. Yeah, Judas, um, that was one of the games, or probably the game I, I came away from the Game Awards most excited about, um, just because it's Ken Levine. Um, it looks like more of what we love seeing from him, i.e., you know, it 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 gave me Bioshock vibes. Um and 2025 sounds like a long time, um, but I mean, with what we've seen in video game release date delays over the past, you know, three or four years, I, I think it's better to uh, under-promise and over-deliver, especially when it comes to release dates. So mm -hmm. I'm okay with this. Uh, a game like this needs to breathe. Uh, it needs to come together creatively. So um, I'm a little surprised at 2025, considering, you know, my... My recollection of what we saw at the Game Awards was a game that looked pretty close. Not like later this year close, but certainly closer than 2025. But, um, you know, good things come to those who wait. And uh, a, a spiritual successor to Bioshock that is really, really good is something I'm willing to wait for. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you, Dave. That and... Am I wrong, boys? Or do I remember us talking about like... Obviously, this has had a long yeah. cycle, but a potentially rumored troubled cycle. Yeah. I mean, we obviously know that Ken is, it might be safe to say, an eccentric man. Yeah. He's very talented. Particular. Yes. Let's say that. And so that kind of can obviously cause problems sure. um, within studios just by nature. There were a lot of hit pieces out about Ken, which I'm not saying they were untrue. I'm just saying they were there. negative. Yeah. yeah. So, So that kind of... You know, I, I want to be super positive and the trailer gives me nothing but good vibes. Mm -hmm. Like, I love everything about it. Um, but I'm thinking kind of that's why it's kind of a longer cycle. You know, I agree with Dave. I think it's good to obviously, you know, set the expectation for far away. And then if they can deliver sooner, that's obviously great for everybody. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if 
many rocky moments in the development have just kind of caused them to shoot high you know yeah so really right. exciting though i mean looks awesome i want to not get my hopes up um, just because i'm often disappointed sure um but i mean who fucking knows 2025 could easily turn into 2027 let's just be completely honest boys so i'm not i'm not chomping at the bit quite yet i guess i think if we get if if we get to a year from now and we haven't seen or heard anything i don't know if that's that's cause for like alarm bells but it, it that's when i'd start to get a little bit concerned about 2025 yeah yeah for march i would assume i mean i would love to see something small again this sure. year yeah. something you know just something and luckily enough for us the trailer we already got was not bare bones it wasn't just a cinematic it wasn't just a fucking title card it was something uh it was substantial um but just adding to that fire although they don't really need it to be fair um, they kind of breathe Ken Levine on this thing, and it just kind of goes to the moon. But right, uh, I I failed to mention this earlier when I was talking about games getting shut down or delayed. Um, where is it? They're ending support for Crossfire X on May 18th because Crossfire X was an abject failure, and it's really interesting to me because Remedy worked on that. Really? Yeah, and it was, seemed like such a weird position for them because. They have so many things going on and they're such a good studio. And then they put this out and it was like, oh, my God, yeah, this is awful. It's a dumpster fire. So that's another one that's coming to a close. And then uh, Electronic Arts has canceled a secret Apex Legends game that was in development. I think we talked. Maybe I'm thinking of a different game. Dude, that's not just it. They shut down Apex Mobile like completely. I didn't know that. They literally within probably about. I think it has to have been like a year since they launched it or at yeah, least. I remember when they launched it. Yeah, they completely shut it down or are shutting it down and are not refunding anything. That's crazy. And they were putting like exclusive content on there, like certain skins you could only get if you played the mobile version. Were they developing? Did they develop it too? Respond? <sighs> that, that I don't know. I kind of doubt it because that, that's not really where their skills. I mean, yeah. they, maybe they're good at it. I don't know, but. Most of those big games, it's some other party that does them for them. Well, dude, speaking of closing stuff, did you guys see the news about that um, that Oculus game? How they changed uh, like their main director from the guy that was originally on it to a fucking dude that was high up in Facebook that was in charge of fucking ads? That's the guy who's in charge of Oculus now. I did not see that. Yeah, and and there was this community. It was like a space game where you flew around in VR. It had like probably... 10,000 concurrent users, which is high by a lot of standards for games, let alone a VR game. Yeah. And they literally are just shutting it down. Like one of the only good communities they have. I watched a really good YouTube video. I should yeah. I should drop it in the Discord if anybody's interested or something. But um, yeah, just really sad to see, uh, especially from like a budding uh, medium, like a budding uh, peripheral. Yeah. You know, to have VR that has a 10,000 player user base, like active on Reddit and everything, just get tanked because Oculus is fucking a menace. It's <laughs> is kind of is kind of upsetting. It's is kind of upsetting. It is. I And I agree with that. And that's what I'm about to say about this next thing, too. I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I guess we can kind of wrap this all into one. Uh, Knockout City is being shut down on june 6th i had like a whole list of things that were getting shut down i only read one of them um knockout city is getting knocked down or taken out and i think 
<laughs> knockout city is getting knocked out how's that <laughs> it sucks for the people who are still involved in these communities and stuff and even if it's a, a vibrant community and there's a lot of people involved i doubt that's the case for things like knockout city and Dude, back it's, for blood it's echo vr have you guys oh yeah that? okay literally one of the bigger vr communities on the internet yeah nothing to shake a stick at it's kind of shitty dude i agree 100 percent. but i'm gonna play devil's advocate for a minute and dave what do you, i want to know what you think about this when you're a company that answers to shareholders if the product is no longer bringing in money even if there's a huge community let's say you have a million people million daily active users which they did none of these do but let's say you do but there is zero dollars income coming in then it is your obligation for good or for bad to pull the resources out of that and move on to the next thing. So I don't know, Dave, does that take away goodwill from those communities or does putting out a new thing that's maybe hopefully better help? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely does. Um, but I think gamers have short memories and I think developers and publishers know that. Um, at the end of the day, Goodwill doesn't pay bills. It probably does in a roundabout indirect way, but as we said, when we were talking about one of the games that was being, um, canceled last week or, or shut down, these free to play games really, really have a short leash. Cause as you said, at the end of the day, it's more about cash flow and revenue generation over, um, you know, Goodwill. So it's too bad, but you know, if, if you're getting into one of these free to play games, I guess I just say, don't get too attached because they can disappear as quickly as they appeared. Um, as we've seen, I feel like, you know, we used to talk about acquisitions all the time and now we're talking about cancellations and games getting shut down. So yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad. And the only thing I guess the takeaway for me with the echo VR is that, I agree with what you're saying. Yes, if Echo VR isn't bringing in money, but I don't know whether it is or not. I'm not yeah, yeah, I would imagine it's probably not because you know it's being shut down. If it was, they but, they probably wouldn't shut it but down. But the thing being is that Oculus is so hungry for a fucking win between the fucking metaverse and everything else. It's just like the 10,000 people you have managed to win goodwill with mm-hmm. now probably you've insured that they and are actually interested in this budding fucking technology that we're you know devoted enough to actually uh stick with something and just to kind of completely pull the rug out from under them it's never a fun experience and it's never good for the consumer but especially with this type of uh you know medium in its infancy almost sure vr is not in its infancy but like it's still not as mainstream even if it's more mainstream it just isn't so i just looked at something because i was curious knockout city one of these games we're talking about i'm having a little confusion here it's i'm just looking at steam charts it's on ea play and stuff like that too but knockout city it says 175 current players 153 30 day average but then there's another category that says knockout city crossplay beta so i don't know if that's a new thing or what Hmm. but its current players is 9700 but the 30 day average is 1700. So I don't know if that's just because like maybe that's a new thing that they put out yeah. before they announced the shutdown. But I don't know, 10,000 active users on Steam are not concurrent active, but Well, you know. that's what I'm saying even about this VR. I'm like I feel like that's oh, that I mean, it's not 
Call of Duty numbers. No. Well, no. even, you know, that's kind of <laughs> kind of iffy with the how things have been going with Call of Duty, but you get what right. I'm saying. Um, it just I don't know. And whoever whatever video I watched on YouTube was like, you know, the guy that's in charge now of Oculus, like ten thousand he's an ad guy. So like ten thousand is nothing. Sure. But like for a video game, for a community, it might not be the largest community, but that's a pretty solid base. In a niche too. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty solid base. Um, and that's what I think caught me the most about this video and about this situation is that it seemed like even more of a stab in the back to people that were going out of their way to try this different medium um, to then be rug pulled. So speaking of Call of Duty, they're leading right now with Modern Warfare 2. Like their concurrent is almost 100,000 or their uh, 30 day average is almost 100,000. Yeah. But their current is like 50. I saw this earlier today. And I think they've had like a 30 day. The, the last two 30 day periods have been like negative um, 10 percent. Yeah, dude. They've lost 10 percent. It is multiple things. Yeah. There's been a lot of changes that are coming down the pipeline. So I feel like that has something to do with it. And it's at the end of the season. It is. Yeah. That's you true. know, so that just kind of as people complete. I know when I completed my battle pass and did most of my weapons definitely had less of an incentive. Sure. So. Dave, have you been you've been grinding out anymore? Call of Duty? No, I I let my PS Plus expire, uh-huh. so I can't even play it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I could play the uh, campaign six more times, but um, sure, yeah, yeah. They have lost a customer because apparently yeah. I need to pay more money to pay online. I knew that before, but I'm just sour about it. I don't think you need to to play Warzone. I think any online. I thought that um, basically Warzone and Fortnite were free to play without PS Plus, but I could be. I think incorrect. that's true. Yeah. Maybe I mean I'm yeah. I'm not really a Warzone player. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, no, not not really, not really. Well, speaking of asking Dave what he's been playing, let's ask Dave what he's been playing. Sure. Um, <laughs> nothing. Nothing new. How do you like that segue? Yeah. <laughs> uh Nothing new, unfortunately. Um, I, I I did jump back into Gran Turismo Seven. It's been a little while since I picked it up. Um, the only interesting thing, or it's interesting in my mind, I, you be the judge, but the only interesting thing I have to say about it is one of the things I wanted to do this year was to get some platinum trophies. Um, and I, I had not really considered Gran Turismo seven, but as I started playing it a little bit more and I looked into what is required for the platinum, I had realized that I accidentally, knocked off probably the most challenging part of that platinum trophy without even knowing it. Those are the which best is, platinums to go for. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is, so the most difficult from a skill perspective based on my reading is um, getting gold on all the license tests. And yeah, I've that done shit's that. That's hard. Um, so, and it's not because I'm good at the game. It's because I'm persistent. Bad, but persistent is how sure. we'll describe it. But the problem is, is, you know, I, I think I'm still going to try and get most of the trophies, but there are some that require uh, like a ridiculous amount of, of credits to be gobbled up so you can buy like three legendary cars, which is like close to $100 million in credits. Um, I barely spent anything in that game, and I'm just approaching like 4 million credits now, so... I, I definitely think I'm going to knock off the trophies that I want to, but I'm not going to let it get to a point where I'm I'm grinding 
yeah. to get credits. And there was that whole thing when, when Gran Turismo first launched about a year ago about, you know, the grind. So people would go online and, or sorry, go on the store and purchase credits and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, in any case, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, you know, get to like 96% of the yeah. of whatever, but I'm not going to grind. That's for sure. Maybe so. it's a slow burn. Also something to look into Dave. I've done this for plats before. Maybe you can save scum it. Maybe you can manual save scum it. Are you able to turn off automatic saves? Cause I've done this with games like dark souls where I can do all the endings in one run instead of doing three playthroughs. Hmm. You just turn on manual saves, make a save you know, turn off the automatic saves, I mean, and then sell all your cars, buy the cars to get the trophy, and then reload your manual save and turn save, save, uh, automatic saves back on. That's an interesting idea. I'll look into that. I do know the game is always online. I don't know if that affects... That might fuck with it a little bit, maybe. What you just suggested, but that, I think that's worth looking into because I hate to get, like, all but one trophy and then right. find out that I could have scummed it somehow, but... um. Yeah. Maybe worth but, looking into anyway. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Brandon, before the show started, you asked me not to ask you what you've been playing. <laughs> so naturally, I'm going to ask you what you've been playing. Uh, just Deep Rock. Yep. Um, really, just nothing more I can say about this game other than what I've already said. Um, I've prestiged both of my characters now, my driller and my scout. I'm working on the gunner, mm-hmm. which I've not really previously dabbled with at all i've played with the other three on playstation and i've not really played with the gunner and Sorry, I sh- when you say prestige you've maxed out maxed out all of your promotions or you've promoted them like once i've promoted them once got okay yeah That's yeah so i've done my feet, tw- still quite a feat. right right so you know i have probably close to 30 hours now which is in the new right in, in your new place yeah, yeah i was gonna say compared i mean i have probably close to 100 in the other one um but yeah, it's been equally as enjoyable as it ever was. Um, and I kind of sold the gunner short, but actually an incredibly viable class, Yeah, which is not surprising. I mean, every class is viable, um, but I guess just the shoot, shoot guy kind of just seemed like, you know, I don't know. But the zip lines work, dude. You can you can carry the minerals, the giant minerals on the zip line. And um, some of the angles you can get are really good. Uh, you can kind of float back and forth while shooting enemies. It's nice. So really amazing game. Um, it's so slow though because so i don't know i would just feel like such an asshole because i throw up a zip line and right. somebody would use it and then that asshole scout would come like right next to me and <laughs> right. shoot his thing and he'd be gone in like half right. a second well it's good for everybody but the scout the scout, <laughs> yeah. the scout can just fuck right off and i'm saying that as a scout because he could just zip his ass into fucking fall damage as i know very well ben. yeah um true. but there also is a single speed upgrade for it. I don't know if you know that, but there's a single speed upgrade for the zipline. It doesn't do much, but it's something. Um, so that's good. And I think I'm going to play Dead Space this week. So yeah, that'll be fun. But that's about it, really. That is actually it. I've also played a lot of Deep Rock in the last week, uh, partially because I was making a video which came out today about why you should play Deep Rock. And uh, yeah, you've we've said everything that there is to say. And We'll probably keep playing it but right now well okay so i also played vanquish played through vanquish this game came out in 2010 what's that you don't know vanquish maybe if i saw it I platinum it platinum did it, it yeah doesn't ring a bell it came out in 2010 they re-released it a few years ago for newer consoles uh in a bundle along with bayonetta and um i also did a video on this it'll be out next week but 
Bayonetta, sorry, Vanquish is about six hours long and it is a total bro shooter, third person, <laughs> constantly boosting around, zipping around, absolutely destroying robots. Basically, there, I mean, there's a story, but it's just there. So it has a story, but it is one of the most fun shooters I've ever played. And I've played this game four. I figured out four times now. Uh, including the most recent playthrough, which I actually didn't finish. So I, I've started it four times. I finished it three and a half times. But Vanquish, it's got to be super cheap. I would encourage everybody to go check out Vanquish, first of all. I think the only physical copy, Brandon, that I have is on 360, so I can't let you borrow Damn, it. But it. Or I could, but I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, um, I, just, I played it specifically because I thought I might want to make a video about it. And I saw it for like $6 on some website for Steam. So when I picked it up and decided to make a video about it. But I just want to encourage people like these, these older games that came out during that period. Like there are huge RPGs that came out that year. I mean, Red Dead Redemption came out. Mass Effect 2 came out, which arguably many people say is the best one. Uh, lots of big games came out in 2010. And Vanquish is one of those games that kind of flew under the radar because of all the other big games coming out around it. But it is just like pure adrenaline, pure fun. Not, nothing to take yourself too serious. You pretty much grab guns and shoot things. And they just don't make a lot of games like that anymore. You had a lot more of those types of games in the in 2000s, but I just don't see like they're I don't feel like they're that prevalent anymore. Wait, so what year was that? 2010 is when okay. it originally came out. So I would encourage anybody to give Vanquish a shot. It's especially if you're on PC, it's really cheap, like on uh, Aniva or uh, CD keys keys or something like that. So, and then the other game I've been playing, you guys ready for this? Ready. Hogwarts Legacy, baby. So before, real quick, one second before you get into that. Did you guys finish Hi-Fi Rush then or? I did not finish Hi-Fi Rush. I've played a lot of it though. I'm just curious. Okay. Yeah. Kind of feel like it came and went. Uh, people are still talking about it. Really? Yeah. I haven't been on Twitter much. I just, I still am not that interested. Right. I'm going to be honest, even after you guys talked about it. So the thing that's interesting about Hi-Fi Rush is how many people I see saying how terrible they are at it and they can't get the rhythm down. Did you say it was easy? Love it. And I thought it was remarkably easy on really? like the, you know, that normal average right, whatever right. setting. So I don't know if I just have a really good sense of rhythm. I mean, I do love rhythm games. So that does, I mean, I mean but I don't. I don't think of myself as I'm good at rhythm games. Right. I just like them. Right. I've, so. I've, I've been thinking about that since we talked last week and I just want to uh, amend what I said slightly. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's a lot different than your perception of the game, uh, Ben, but yeah. I find it's really, really easy to like execute combos and you know, your hits always land on the beat, but to get them like perfect or get them to a point where like you have a good, timing rating at the end of each encounter that is really difficult at least for me yeah uh, i have two left feet so sure. you know, <laughs> read into that what you will but i don't know if i said that last week but yeah cool i don't know if you did either sorry i was just wondering but hogwarts legacy oh yeah yeah so hogwarts legacy fellas let me tell you if you accept the eula are you like is does it say in the eula that you're homophobic if you accept it um it's not homophobic. Transphobic. transphobic yes. That one. Yeah. I think once you accept the Eula, yes, that is the okay. case. Yeah. Good to know. Good yeah. Enough. It's like it, the code of conduct in Call of Duty. It makes you accept it before you oh even boot up the game. <laughs> Listen, I won't name the person, but I I I know several trans individuals, and I am close with one, 
And this trans individual uh, not only gave me permission to play the game, but is playing it themselves. So I feel like I have a, I'm covered. That's like Dave's comment earlier, his joking comment about I have a lot of gay friends. My trans friend said it was okay for me to play Hogwarts <laughs> Legacy. So, <laughs> so anyway, Hogwarts Legacy is awesome. And I was planning on playing this game, interested in it, but I wanted to wait for reviews because I can see a lot of Harry Potter games have come and gone. And a lot of Harry Potter games have been mid. And I was just very much like, I, I'm interested. I want to play it, but I want to see how it, how it reviews before I spend my money on it. And I will tell you, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> I wish I had just yeah. pre-ordered it and been ready to go. And I mean, I, I, I ended up getting it digitally because that was the only option for me. I'll buy it physically someday when it's cheap. But if you like RPGs, I don't care if you like Harry Potter if you like Hogwarts, if you're into any of that stuff at all, if you like RPGs and you do not hate magic, I think you should play Hogwarts Legacy. And granted, I am a Hogwarts, I am a Harry Potter world fan. Um, I started reading the books when they came out in like 1997, and I read every one of them within a week of their release. I've seen all the movies. I've even seen the the magic or the um, what's what are they called? Fantastic Beast movies, and they're terrible. Oh, yeah, Eddie, Eddie Renmade. They're awful, but I've seen them. And so I will admit, I am a fan. But the most objective thing I can say is if you like RPGs and magic in and of itself doesn't turn you off, then I think Hogwarts is a great game. I mean, it, it is very detailed. It looks beautiful. There's stuff to do around every corner. If you're somebody who likes to get bogged down in side quests, you will be having a field day because there is so much stuff to do. And I'm only six-ish hours into it, probably five to seven, somewhere in there. But so far, it's just been fantastic. The The menus are deep. There's lots of stuff to discover within them. And that's just the, I mean, that's just the menus. There's um, exploration out the wazoo. Everything is connected. You can walk from... A point very far away from the Hogwarts castle, you can walk without any loading screens all the way down into like your dormitory area into your your house room. So it's a technical marvel. It's an awesome RPG. I think it's awesome so far. Yeah. So I really encourage anybody who was kind of on the fence because they're like, oh, I'm not a Harry Potter fan or whatever. I would say play the game. I if you like RPGs. I want to check it out. I mean, I wasn't... This is what I do a lot with with like games is I don't want to be excited. I think ever since I started to be burned heavily by games, yeah. I don't know, like probably close to 10 years ago. I don't know. Sure. Um, anyway, but no, I'm, I'm really glad to see this has kind of been a success. I've been kind of hesitant ever since the beginning of knowing about this game. Yeah. Um, and it was leaked. It does sound like we all talked about this before the show. It leaked a long fucking time ago. Yeah. So this game has been in development for a long time. Um, and to see something that clearly um, has been worked on for a long time kind of show up um, in spite of everything and kind of get some good press is uh, really cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, as a fan of RPGs and as just a fan of the mystical in general. Sure. Um, I think I, I probably will be checking this out at some point. Dave, you were excited. This was your only, this was like your most anticipated game this year. Why aren't you playing it yet? Um, Money's a bit tight right now. I, I'm okay. going to play it. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I hope my wife sits down and watches me play it because, you know, she's always been big into Harry Potter. But um, yeah, I, I was really, really happy when I when I 
popped onto Open Critic on Monday and I saw, you know, the eights and nines that the game was getting reviews or reviews. But, right. you know, I, I think a lot of the developers have kind of been caught up in all the bullshit before this game launched. And and this is really good to see that that this reception is seems to be overshadowing the the other stuff. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, just let, let's keep in mind that, that you know, all this team did before this was like Disney Infinity. So, I mean, they showed that, you know, they could they could build a quality product with, you know, a license like this. But it seems like what they've what they've got with Hogwarts Legacy is like a whole in a whole new league. Um, so, yeah, it's just really good to see. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it um, eventually. Um, I've actually been trying to see how it runs on the Series S because mm-hmm. I haven't been able to find specifics on that. Um, don't ask me why I want to play it on that, but I do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Brandon. I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping in and, and I'm glad you're having a good time with it, Ben. I will say I can understand. I don't, I think at this point in the life cycle, older consoles shouldn't be, shouldn't have to worry about them for new releases. But since they were already going to do it, I can say, I can see that this was a good move because there's, the slightest amount of hitching every now and then, but not really. And occasionally you'll walk up to a door and like, it doesn't just open right away. You have to wait like maybe a quarter of a second for it to (laughs) obviously load in whatever's on the other side of that door. But by and large, you don't see that, but I can imagine on something without as strong of a hard drive, uh, that would be more of an issue. I think it was just, I I, I was trying to get confirmation if it could run at 60 frames or if there's like a trade off. Right. Um, in the PlayStation version, there seems to be a sleuth of um, options. I mean, there's like ray tracing options, performance options, even like a, a high frame rate option. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm sure they don't have that enabled for everything. And I think even some TVs will limit how many options you have. Right. Like the high frame rate, I think you can only use on TVs that have a high frame rate mode. Right. But uh, I'm playing it on the performance mode, you know, to make sure to get the highest amount of frames in my eyeballs at, at one time that I can. And it runs stellar. And there are other modes, but of course, they're not going to be a 60. So I'm not sure. I didn't look at it. And of course, Digital Foundry is not going to be covering it. So you won't be able to get their assessment. But I'm sure. I want to see that video, man. I'm sure as the days go by, other people will. Yeah, you know, it, do it, that. It just leaves a berth for smaller yeah. mm-hmm. content creators, honestly. So for sure, yeah, it's um, it's good. I mean, once again, it's if you forget that it's about Harry Potter or Hogwarts or anything, it's not really about Harry Potter. But you know, if, if you forget that it's in that world and just consider it an RPG, uh, then I don't see how if you like RPGs, you wouldn't like this game. It's it's got everything you want. So that, I would encourage people to check it out. Dangledorf's in it, right? Uh, Dingledorf is not alive yet, <laughs> as far as I know. No, I'm just playing. Yeah. Uh, Sirius Black's, Black's uh, like grandfather is the headmaster. Yeah. That's so, and and um, someone related to... Um, the Weasleys. The Weasleys is in it. Correct. Um, so there's like... I, I think this was probably a good idea, though, going like separating themselves from Harry Potter. Because as you said, Ben, it... it it removes that barrier for people who aren't Harry Potter fans. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and they also don't have to have the problem the Avengers had where the characters don't look exactly the same or sound the same. Dude, Big time. You what, know, what about the Hagrid lineage? I mean, we <laughs> haven't gotten go, there yet. I haven't gotten there yet. Go down to the pub for a couple of butter bears. <laughs> you can't drink butter beer. That is a fact. So, you can't taste it in real life, though, unfortunately. 
Can you well, romance you moaning Myrtle's mom? Dude, I told Dustin. He I will let you know if I get there. <laughs> Dude, I was going to say Dustin's going to. That's what I told him when he showed me. And I was like, you're going to be making Myrtle moan. <laughs> You're going to be the one in the past that's making it happen, dude. You're going to hear the moans, dude. I have um, seen a lot of complaints about that there's not a lot of interactivity, and I don't know what the hell those people are talking about. That's what I saw. That's why I asked you today. I was like, I saw someone bitching that it's like, oh, look at all this stuff in the room. What can I interact with? And they're like, nothing. And so I came into this today coming to you guys. You guys started talking about it. I'm like, wow, I the stuff that I saw seemed kind of negative. No, no, I don't. I don't get that. Now, Granted, you can't walk up to any student and have an entire conversation about their family lineage or something. I don't know that I'd want to do that. No, but pretty much any character that you, I mean, like... Meaningful. It seems like half the characters in the room you can usually go up to and get a side quest from. Yeah. And I will say that some of the objects, you know, in the room are not interact... uh, You can't interact with them and, like, not all the paintings you can interact with, but, like, a lot of them you can. It's huge. The game is huge. I This is one thing that kind of I was like, okay... There's the there's like globes that you know the globes that spin around like the actual like you had in your right. science class yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a ton of them everywhere, like in every room, and all of them you can like go up to them and push square and they spin. Nice. And I'm like, okay, they just decided that they made this asset work. They were gonna put it in every possible room. <laughs> right. But other than that, no, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. We have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/handsomephantom. You can sign up for as little as a dollar a month to listen to these three boys speak about video games and chipotle and whatever else uh one day or sometimes multiple days early ad free if you want we appreciate your dollar or more and uh we'll love you a long time and if you go over to handsomephantom.com slash discord you can join us and talk about stupid stuff all day long or just part of the day or not at all but you can be in the discord whatever you prefer you can do it we appreciate it and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thanks to our producers, Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukum, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhats. <laughs>